0: Welcome back to the talk sex podcast i'm your host L. stanger find me and some of my personal life if you're into that on patreon.com forward slash strange bedfellows this is the sexuality and catholicism episode welcome to our guest sister shannon hello
1: hello thank you for having me
0: yeah thanks for being here so i I have read little tidbits and snippets of different Bibles. I've gone to a bunch of different churches with my friends, mostly when I was a kid or a preteen teenager. Um, I don't know a whole lot about religion. I know I know the parts about it in culture that have negatively impacted people around me or me by interacting with those people um, and I talk about themes that I see, but I am not literate in religion and specifically Catholicism at all. So we're going to learn probably some things from you, but that's my disclaimer. I don't pretend (laughs) to know. Uh,
1: That's perfect because I would say Catholics don't always know either. So we're doing great.
0: Perfect. Okay. So folks can find you. Uh, Your Instagram is down again, you said?
1: Yes. So I am currently um, on my third deactivation in two months. Um, so at this point, people can find me, it's all one word and it's a lot of S's, but it's, it's sister Shannon on Instagram. Um, and that's what I'm going to say for now, because I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do if, and when I get the other account back,
0: okay. but that's the and, best
1: place for people to find me.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's unfortunate. I know what that life, I know what that's like. It's so destabilizing and stressful. Um, and we can talk about that later if you'd like yep. to, um, otherwise you said you're reachable to the email hello at catholics who have sex and catholics is spelled with an x there cool okay so today uh we're gonna ask what might healthy spirituality and sexuality look like for catholics and you talk a lot about it seems like pleasure and shameless or shame-free education and self-help for your online audiences and then also, of course, you get haters, so that can be interesting and worth talking about too. So hello and welcome. Who are you and what are your backgrounds?
1: Hi. Yeah. So I'm Sister Shannon. I have been operating as the, the Catholic sh- sexual shame coach on Instagram for the last couple of years because it was a space that I really needed probably for the last 10 to 15 years of my life. And When I am on Instagram and I think Instagram, I think social media is so good for so many reasons. One of those reasons is that we, we see other ways of existing. We see other ways of being. Um, And so over the last number of years, I've gotten very involved in communities that talk about like religious trauma or religious deconstruction. And all this often goes alongside of, um, you know, sexual reclamation. But Mm. one of the things that I just kept missing was like, where is the Catholic lens? Um, because there are there are some differences between like what we might see um from like more evangelical or Protestant backgrounds and what they have to deal with kind of reclaiming their sexuality compared to what people raised in Catholicism have to deal with. Um mm. and so that was a space that I really needed. And eventually I was like, well, I guess I'm making it myself. Um and so that was two years ago.
0: <laughs> here we are.
1: And here we are.
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. So do you have any areas you specialize on um, or anything you pull from your background or any specific training?
1: Yeah. So I, I love the coaching world um, because it's incredibly entrepreneurial, but that said, I am not, I'm not a therapist. I am not a certified anything. What I am is someone who was raised in Catholicism who reclaimed my sexuality. And so I've got lived experience and the patterns that I know I had to pull out from myself. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And that's, that's the value that I bring. I, I love, um, I love therapists. I love what sex educators do. I think all of us are so important to the work Of Mm -hmm. people raised in the religion just enjoying themselves and enjoying what their bodies can do.
0: I notice a great need for people with religious backgrounds to have the same information that I'm lucky to know or to have or to be having uh, all the time. Um, Because I know so many smart people from all these different backgrounds that can inform me through their lenses And I was realizing I didn't, I don't know really who to refer to specifically or work in conjunction with around sexual shame, except for, I think the only other guest I've had on this show to talk about this stuff, um, which was Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers. And then we're going to talk about something she wrote 15 years ago uh, at the end of this episode. Um, But still, we didn't really talk about her spirituality or how much she relates to it. We talked more about a a parenting uh, focus in that episode. So, and like people dealing with their own feelings of shame or fear, anxiety around sex due to like purity culture. So I see you working in purity culture, and it seems very, very valuable. And I also appreciate that you're open and straightforward about the fact that this is lived experience. And that work can be very, very valuable because people who have lived experience are the ones that end up either working with, you know, the certified experts that might be academics but don't have the lived experience Um, But they have help like diagnosing or recognizing patterns or suggesting different like therapeutic behaviors or practices. So, yeah, I agree. We all work together greatly. What do you feel like are some of the questions or the inquiries you get the most? Do you see any like commonalities?
1: Um, I get a lot of how do I touch myself? Interesting. Um, How do I handle the family shame because that's a really big piece of it for people um those are the two main ones I feel like the people who I speak the most with in my work on the page are really they want their catholic lens and their sexual lens to work together but they just don't know how to do it Mm -hmm. and because so much of the shame is tied up in their family dynamics it can be hard for them to kind of just have a quiet space to sit and think what do I Mm want to do here
0: And here's where I come in like the Kool-Aid man. I'm like, hold on, wait, let's make it about sex workers real quick. But I think about this a lot where think about archetypes and we think about like the Holy Mother and we think about what we've been raised and told that she represents, which was like purity, protection or wisdom or something. But what if what if actually Mary was a raging slut? or a sexual healer. And so she didn't have, you know, so-called purity, but she had wisdom and experience and caregiver abilities and touch healing, you know, and how different our culture would be if we revered sexual touch and energy instead of saw it as inherently bad and sinful. So, and that sucks because that seems pretty foundational to the Catholicism origin story is like original sin.
1: Yes. Um there's so much in there and one of the things so just for context I think the history of original sin started with Augustine in like the 300s so when people talk about like the history of Catholicism what we don't know is that the first 200 years like we didn't have a concept of original sin. It wasn't in hmm. the, it wasn't in the tradition yet. Hmm. Um so that's one piece but I also do sometimes think like <laughs> you know it's very possible and I say this like I I had my I have a six year old and I had my child as an un, like unwed and I sometimes mm. I think like I, maybe is there a chance that Mary just had like like the best unwed pregnancy situation and she spawned like an entire two thousand year old tradition at this point? because she got some <laughs> People to believe this like
0: the original I, single is mother.
1: This, <laughs> is this possible? Could it be possible? Can we let yeah. that just like float for a minute? Maybe. Yeah. What would happen if we thought about it that way?
0: Oh, that's so great. Oh, I love that. Okay. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm also a parent. Mine's 10. Um, Yeah. So there's definitely, there's a lot there. I'm glad, I'm glad we understand these things. Um, (laughs) Totally. So yeah, I do see you teaching a lot about um, like work around shame. And I think that's great because I have a lot of clients who I see are interested in engaging, you know, just like people are interested in masturbating or partnered sex, you know, they're interested in, in like adult entertainment or transactional sexual interaction. But like the shame comes out in like saying awkward or cringe stuff or like self-deprecating or trying to convince themselves that it's not transactional and that we're actually like gonna date or (laughs) trying to not pay me you know trying to pretend it never happened trying to pretend I'm the bad guy like this is how like shame honestly I think is like is fuel for serial killers like worst case scenario you know Mm. like you made me do this or or you see like partner, I see partner jealousy, you know, once in a while. And it's like the sex worker is blamed as if we like led the man to sin or the person to sin, whatever. And it's like, I'm just here, like he showed up. So where, what's accountability look like? And yeah, it's pretty interesting. So thank you for the work you do. (laughs) Yeah. So what do you think are some of the beneficial aspects of your uh, teachings or beliefs or practices?
1: One of the cornerstone pieces that I teach is I, I'm i not interested in telling someone that whether they should be Catholic or not, just like we need consent in like the sexual space. I think Catholics who find themselves handling sexual feelings or sexual energy, like really struggle with deciding if that means they can have their tradition anymore, because mm. it's been so sex negative for so long. And that's so much of the association with it. But I think one of the one of the pieces that I think brings a lot of um, just like chillness is is not making anyone decide whether they want to be Catholic or not. Like you are allowed, your relationship to the religion is allowed to unfold and allowed to, to get malleable depending on how you feel about it. But mm. um, it's not that just engaging with sexuality means you're not Catholic. It's not that, Um, touching yourself or learning how to have good sex like makes you more or less Catholic than anyone else in your circle because Catholicism is so ingrained for so many of us that can be a really healing spot initially because so often people will just try to run from it or run Mm. from the trauma um, which is valuable to a point but at some point you have to turn around and face the thing that hurt you Um, Mm. and that's what I help people do in the work is like piece apart the catholic tradition they were handed so that they their sexuality can do what it's already trying to do
0: Mm. um, and
1: just remove the shame from the catholic end of it
0: so i asked folks how do you relate to catholicism and sexuality so here's what some people said repression blame Mm. Mm. Uh, Someone says, I remember being told I was being watched by God and everyone in heaven always. Creepy. (laughs) And when I found my vagina with a mirror and put my finger inside, I immediately freaked out and started praying and apologizing to God and my grandma. Mm. (laughs) They say, I have the diary entry still, laughing face emoji. (laughs)
1: Oh, my yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah what's the way what's the way around that or any thoughts oh. on that like do you think god um, is like like i'm gonna i'm gonna leave i'm gonna head out what <laughs> you're doing the <sighs> vagina thing who knows
1: well so for people who for people who believe in a god right like for people raised in catholicism who believe in this idea of a god we have to reclaim that like god did not mess up our bodies. Like God is not surprised by a clit or a vagina or a lube mm. or any of those things. Like, so mm. when we act as though our bodies or the things our bodies can do are like beyond God's comprehension, no, that's no. <laughs> absolutely, that's true. Absolutely that's not. True. Absolutely not. Um, right. That's usually where I where I start when those kind of things come up because people okay. are facing like a, does God know about this? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Of course they do. (laughs) That's funny. They're like, oh, good for you. It's a milestone. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So someone else says, I grew up in a Catholic household where all sex was a sin. I am living a joyous sex positive life now. Yeah.
1: I love it. Good job.
0: Good. Someone says, I think it had a big impact on me becoming a sex worker subconsciously. You never know. (laughs) We'll never know. Uh, Someone else says lots of psychological trauma associated with Catholic school K through 12. Also very into BDSM now. LOL.
1: Totally get it. (laughs) That makes 100% sense to me.
0: I've heard that. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought this was interesting. Someone said just started pole dance classes and I'm finding it really hard to open up my legs. Purity culture, they say. Yeah. So uh, pelvic floor therapists and sex worker like myself, I have noticed that I feel more comfortable when I have a client. Um, if I'm asking them to get into a position, I will try to use more neutral language. So for example, just a lap dance, I'll ask someone to widen their knees instead of spread their legs for me. Mm-hmm. Yep yeah yeah so that can be a really and the good thing about also transactional is I'm so consistent that if you come see me as a client you pretty much know what you're getting every single time and some people really need that consistency to feel safe Um, not that you can't ask from that for a partner too but hey this is what I get paid for no that makes (laughs) sense to me thank you Um, someone says I spent my formative years doing rituals, reading about suffering and redemption and singing.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. Someone says it turns out when you apply that same devotion. Oh, this is the same person to loving the people in your life. Holy. It's incredible. Mm. And they spelled holy W.H.O.L.L.Y. Yeah. But that's a good play on words.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Someone else says, um, Catholicism made me feel horrible for having consensual sex as a teenager. That's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. Someone else says, I love being a queer sinner who gets off on it in order to reclaim myself after religious trauma. Love it. And you get to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Someone says, God created people as sexual beings. Multiple passages of the Bible address this. Do they?
1: Uh, Also true. So the fun (laughs) sidebar, the Catholic (laughs) Bible, which is a little bit different from the Protestant Bible, has a couple extra books in it. And one of those books is called the Song of Songs. Um, And it's in the Old Testament for people who know biblical things. This means it was like um, pre-Jesus. It's basically erotica. It's wonderful. Hmm. Um, And it's in the Catholic Bible, but being Catholic, most of us don't ever actually read the Bible. So very few of us know it's in there, (laughs) Yeah. but it's the first entire book of the Bible I ever read because I was, wow. Yep. Motivated. Absolutely.
0: And it's called the, it's called
1: song of songs. So it's often attributed to Solomon, King Solomon. Um, But it was probably the majority of it was probably written by a black woman out of Egypt. Really? Yes. Um yes.
0: Okay. Well, mm-hmm. that's something to Google. Thanks. I knew I was gonna learn at least a couple of things. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's a great part of uh being part of the podcast.
1: And I should say, let me let me I'm gonna cite Lavon Briggs on this, who's kinda was like one of the main sex positive um people in my life. Everyone should go follow her on Instagram. It's at Levon Briggs, L Y V O N N E B R I G G S.
0: Cool, thank you. Um let's see. Someone else says, okay, so a couple more, how do you relate to Catholicism and sexuality? Someone said raised Catholic, I'm a 35-year-old female. I still feel guilty after jacking off, not after sex though, but if I orgasm by jacking off. Shout out to yeah. other female people that say jacking off by the way. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> Hello. Yeah. We're out there. <laughs> I mean, that's like the sin of Onanism, right? Spilling your seed
1: see and the mm, there's a lot of shame around masturbation but i is this is this a person with a vagina i don't know uh
0: yeah female yeah
1: but there is like there isn't a difference between what people with penises in catholicism get taught which is like often this like masturbation is bad and all the shame's coming for you Mm -hmm. people who don't have penises like we're not really talked to as frequently about it Mm. part of that is because catholicism doesn't fully understand our anatomy Mm. and doesn't understand that we can Mm. (laughs) um
0: -hmm. so a lot
1: of the shame that i think sometimes people without penises feel is like we borrow that shame Mm. because we weren't taught that we could feel anything other um but that's I don't know this particular person's situation, but right. that's what's coming up listening to it.
0: Interesting. All right. Mm. So, everybody uh, find me on, let's see, how about theytalksex.com, lstanger.com. Sometimes I post the things I can't share on regular social media, like at stripperwriter on Instagram. I'm so shadow banned on Twitter, at lstanger. Are you on Twitter, Shannon?
1: I'm not. I don't have the energy for it. At
0: I understand. This point. <laughs> I understand. Yeah, mm-hmm. you said you've had three deactivated Instagrams.
1: Um. Well, so the original one came back. Mm. I so I've had the same account for the last two years. It went down in December. Um. Then it came back, and then it went down again a couple days later, and then it went down again last week. But um. Mm. But like i kind of think it's coming back at this point um i have some ideas about what's going on but okay i don't
0: yeah don't want to jinx it yeah yeah oh stressful (laughs) okay well otherwise folks reach out to her uh with legitimate inquiries (sighs) don't waste her time hello at catholics who have com. com. okay cool Hey, listeners, do you want to open your relationship? Whether you're totally ready or 100% terrified, I've got something for you. Best-selling author, New York Times, and NPR contributor Dr. Jolie Hamilton is the expert who helps people open their relationships up without burning things down. If you're curious about next steps based on your readiness, grab the only research-backed open relationship quiz from Dr. Jolie Hamilton. Your results are free when you go to JolieQuiz.com now. That's J-O-L-I-Quiz.com. Welcome back to the Talk Sex Podcast. Write to me, your host, Elle Stanger, ASECT Certified Sex Educator and Longtime Adult Entertainer. I am on the interwebs, but please pay for your porn. Go to my website, lstanger.com, and click the triple X at the top right. That will lead you to where I host that. No, it's not OnlyFans. I'm old school. I don't have an OnlyFans. Uh, Nothing wrong with OnlyFans. I just don't have one. We're talking to our guest, Sister Shannon, on Instagram at shannon or at sister.shannon, but it may or may not be there. This is the Sexuality and Catholicism episode. Welcome back. Hi, Shannon. Hello. Hello. Okay, we're going to do some listener questions. We have one, two, three, four of them. Listener question one. I feel like religion causes inherent shame in people. How do you address that?
1: Ooh, okay. So religion causes inherent shame. So the word religion, I also learned this from LaVon Briggs, so shout out to her mm. again. Um, the, the word religion means to rebind, like re-ligare. Um, it's it's about just reconnecting the spirit. So while the word religion like causes a lot of feelings for a lot of people, um, it helps to get more specific. So What's, what is it that causes the shame or what is it that causes the thing? Is it the way that there's a couple things? If we're taught there's a God and then we're taught, here's all the ways through this religion to talk to this God, but this God doesn't approve of X, Y, and Z things about being human, what do you do with that? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have to go into understanding like why the religion decided X, Y, and Z things about being human were an issue to begin with. Um, so one of the things that I'll often do with like my private clients is like, we'll spend time just going through the history of Catholicism hmm. because it's 2000 year old tradition. There's a lot of really good shit in there, but there's a lot of things that got put in there for a lot of reasons that don't actually need to make sense anymore. Hmm. Um, and so you can reduce that shame by just kind of understanding, oh, this is where the Hail Mary came from. Oh, this is where the idea of like original sin came from. Hmm and then you just get to decide oh i don't like
0: that's not for me. Hmm. Okay, cool. So it's like a self-help book where it's like take what you need and leave the rest. Yeah. I'll go with that. Absolutely. I'll go with that. Absolutely. Okay. I'll go with that. And again, I just chose these because either i have no idea or there was common themes. Um this one's very specific and yeah. i don't know that you have the answer okay. to it. Uh when will the church let gay people get married? <laughs>
1: I have no idea. Right. Um. I also don't know when the church will let women be priests. Like, it's not... The church is an entire um, legal structure. Mm-hmm. Most Catholics don't understand the legal structure of the Catholic church. Um, and so begging a hierarchy that we don't understand or have representation in really for rights right. is not... I, I don't do it. I don't recommend people... Spend a whole bunch of their time trying to do it. Mm-hmm. Like you do you, right? As much as you can, right?
0: Um, See, what you got to do is everyone has to give the hierarchy incentive to allow this to happen. Um, and I don't exactly know <laughs> what the answer is to that right now. <laughs> Usually in America, if you can make money off of it, it starts to become more right. socially permissible. Does that change living or working conditions for the audience? Uh, being, you know discussed not necessarily it can be an opportunity to raise awareness though but i mean how do you make human rights issues like marketable <laughs>
1: <laughs> well Fuck. i think the work you and i are both doing out yeah like, that's true we're, we're surviving in a system <laughs> that's true
0: that's true um,
1: <sighs> no you know what my actual answer to that though is i think um a number of priests are gay a huge number of priests become priests to some extent as a way to try to deal with the fact that they're Hmm. gay um, Mm. in the Catholic structure. Mm. And so if you want to talk strategy, then I guess what we could talk about is like, when will we let priests get married? And then we can go from there. However, as a woman who's been told previously that women won't be priests until after priests are allowed to get married, Mm. I'm not waiting for that.
0: Wow. Oh, that's an interesting one. I didn't think about that. Huh? Huh. Okay. All right. Uh, listen to question three. If God made us as their image, why are there so many ways to express gender? And then secondly, was God non-binary? Yes. <laughs> the answer is yes. <laughs> the answer is just yes. Yeah. The answer is all of the above. Yeah. Be not afraid. I am sparkly <laughs> and gender fucking.
1: <laughs> listen. <laughs> That's
0: funny. Yep. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Okay. Um, You know, when people, it's really funny and I haven't, I don't know. It's really interesting to me when people are like, there's no such thing as like a spectrum of gender identity. I'm like, how can you say that? Because like there are men walking around cis men with breasts right now. Exactly. And there are (laughs) cis women, there are female people who identify as women who have facial hair, (laughs) you know, or like don't have breasts. Um, So it's a range. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Okay. Um, Listener question four. Someone asks, as a secular person, is it appropriate to do religious kink play? Mm. Philosophical.
1: Ooh, um, the first thing that comes up for me is the idea of religious appropriation. Um, only because and I'm speaking as like a white woman. Um, Mm -hmm. I am very cognizant of when we are taking things that aren't from our own traditions and using them for personal gain or personal what have you. Mm -hmm. Um, not knowing the background of the person who asked this, my my initial response is if there's something about a religion that does provide like an aspect of kink for you, examine why that is. Mm. Um, I'm not saying do or don't do it, but just have a, have a critical understanding of what purpose it's serving and for what reason. Mm. Um, because that will help you engage with it in an ethical way. Mm. And I will say if you're a white person who is interested in kink play from like, something else showing up that's from a non-white person I would say absolutely not
0: <laughs> yeah well the thing that I figure is like at, at the, okay not the same but someone to, again me applying it like sex worker shit it's like if a civilian person wants to do sex worker kink play like I'm not one to stop you and your body your choice but you're probably going to get things wrong based Mm. on distorted understanding you know of like myths and also cultural conditioning so I'd hate to see you repeating any harmful tropes and thinking it's not harmful but then again I guess if it's you and your person like who knows I don't know
1: yeah I do And I do think like obviously like there is intima- intimacy within a sexual relationship we would hope for like like that is the space where some of these things can come out and like be held and be cared for. Mm-hmm. Um, just understand the sexual world is not exempt from appropriation and mm-hmm. harm.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. What kind of things like do you obviously you're getting deactivated, So are you getting reported, or is it the platform that doesn't like you?
1: It's so here's my thing. Um, I, I do not think it's the platform. And the reason I do not think it's the platform is because my language and the words I say and like the way I spell things and Mm -hmm. what I talk about has been pretty consistent for two years. Mm -hmm. Um, It has only been in the last two months that I've had issues. And so now I do think like, the processes for like reporting are very opaque. I have no idea mm-hmm. except for the fact that when the, the account's gone down, I get like the little flash that's like your account was brought down for the following reasons. Mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what's going on. I do think that I had a post that got a little bit of extra traction compared to some of my other stuff mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Um, and I do see it being possible that some people found it and reported it. But I, it's not mm-hmm. clear to me like my account's relatively small. How many people does it require reporting it for it to get deactivated? Right. Compared to like accounts that I know use very similar language to me and talk about very similar things to me with like thousands or hundreds of thousands of followers. Right. Or so I know this conversation's happening on Instagram. I just I'm not sure. Um I don't think the algorithm's coming for me. I think it's humans. <laughs>
0: yeah, okay. Yeah. And it's tough to know because yeah, it's it's vague on purpose. Like the platform keeps it vague on purpose so they have more yeah uh, sub- subjective, like wiggle room to deactivate people. Um, but it's tough to be compliant when you don't know how you're screwing up. Supposedly it is.
1: it is. And even in like reports I would send in, I mean, I don't expect a response, but one of the things that I, that I do in this is like, I try to maintain like best case outcome and best will from people because me going into it from like, like a fighting, angry, defensive space is mm. not, Help me mm-hmm. <laughs> as far as getting people to sort of figure out what I am trying to do here, mm-hmm. um, and so I would put in these reports like, "If you all want to give me directions on exactly which words to say and not say, I am open to it." Mm-hmm. Obviously, I am not going to get that, but
0: <laughs> yeah, right, I know. Like, I am willing to work with you. Like, I want yeah, to be compliant. Absolutely, yeah. I or the issue that I have, which is interesting, is I have a large following and I am verified, but I am shadow banned. Mm. So my stalker accounts or like weird scammy so-called fan pages will come up that are searchable before I am. And it's real interesting.
1: Oh, interesting. Yeah.
0: Real weird byproduct of a uh, FOSTA SESTA, the 2018 bad legislation that they're just basically the app. What it does is just searches for keywords and the algorithm looks for what it thinks might be nudity. Um And if you ping it so many times, then it can put you on the shit list. And I think that's what happened to me in combination with people reporting me. I get a lot of shares, but I get a lot of uh, weirdos reporting me for stuff, too. I know that. I see the inbox I have. So inboxes.
1: (laughs) Well, and it's so interesting because, like, I, I very rarely get people coming into my DMs. Interesting. Like almost never interesting Um, and they and they get blocked and deleted immediately so I have like my own internal process for when that happens is pretty is pretty solid but like generally speaking my page is very it's lovely like it's a very happy space there's a Mm -hmm. lot of like good stuff happening on there and I feel really um supported by it even as much as I support it and the people on it so Mm -hmm. I I don't know exactly
0: Uh, what's going on yeah (laughs) Uh, yeah Gary, the uh, Great Unknown. Um, let's see. So earlier, I said that I asked on Instagram at stripperwriter, "How do you relate to Catholicism and sexuality?" Someone says, <laughs> "Someone says I think I know who your guest is going to be." Clappy emoji <laughs> hands.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> Shout out to queer ex pastor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Someone okay. says. The flesh loves to suffer.
1: <laughs> mm. Kinky. It's funny until it's not. Yeah. Because Catholics like literally mean that. Yikes. And we, we put ourselves through a lot that we don't need to in defense of that idea.
0: Mm, interesting. Mm. Yeah. Someone says, I ra- I was raised Catholic. I did not practice it regularly. Uh. I try to keep the church and state separate. I learn and grow from both. Interesting. Someone says, I don't relate to them. The Catholic church caused me to repress my sexuality for most of my life. Ooh. Mm. Ooh. Sorry. I'm seeing something I like. This says, I work a lot with Mother Mary in my spiritual practice because she's someone I connect with in term.
1: Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and that happens a lot, especially for people in Catholicism. Like, we've really, you mentioned archetypes a little bit ago. Mm-hmm. Like, for people who aren't penis, like, we got two archetypes. We got the Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. and we got Mary Magdalene the whore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, And so, even though she wasn't actually a whore, and that whole mythology started in, like, the 7th century. Interesting. And even if she was, who cares? Right. Um, But it's... That's one of the pieces that I see, especially for, like, cis women and other people without penises Mm -hmm. in Catholicism is, like, reclaiming, like, the stories of the non-penis people in our tradition. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm.
0: Hmm. Okay, well, thanks for doing that. Uh, Again, everybody, you can reach out to Shannon to email hello at catholics, with an X, com. This is the Sexuality and Catholicism episode. Find me, your host, El Stanger, on patreon.com forward slash Bedfellows. That necklace vibrator that you see me in photos or going on about on social media or in podcasts, visit theytalksex.com. You'll see a banner in the top right. Free custom engraving, now waterproof. That's the Vesper Design Vibrator Necklace by Love Crave. They're really strong, surprisingly, for how sleek they are. And it is a fave, so no code needed. Just click the banner, visit theytalksex.com. Welcome back to the Talk Sex podcast. I'm your host, Elle Stanger. This is the Sexuality and Catholicism episode. So, let's talk about something that made so many waves. Folks who listened to the Parenting and Sexuality episode with Dr. Tina Shermer Sellers, she talked about an op ed or an article she wrote. Um, about how abstinence-only ideology or purity culture has hurt a generation of young people. This was in 2006, and she wrote this after reading so many papers by students at the Christian schools she taught at, uh, where she was seeing repeated themes of anxiety, guilt, fear, and it was all due to the abstinence so-called education they'd been provided and the themes around like purity. So, Christian's caught between the sheets, how abstinence-only ideology hurts us, and you were able to take a look at this, yes?
1: I did, yeah. Thoughts? I think it's right on. I also think it has, where I think I differ a little bit. Um, from Dr. Tina, and I'm familiar with her work on Instagram too. I think she's amazing. Oh, nice. Um, but one of the things that I think where I saw some variation was she she very much framed it as like this is pro Christian, like Christianity will be better for this. Um, I at least for the clients and the people in my space, I don't I don't worry about the Christian element um because i do think there's a level of like spiritual autonomy that people need to be allowed especially when they're reclaiming sexuality um so while it can be very helpful i think for some people to be able to like repiece their sexuality back together in the christian tradition they were raised in mm-hmm. um i don't i don't want people i'm working with to think that that's a a prerequisite or a requirement mm. um okay cuz i'm yeah i think there's there's variations on how people can make it work for them.
0: Okay. So I could see um, maybe referring between the two of you, depending on what someone's needs are differently, mm-hmm. like what they're seeking to get out of it. Yeah. Huh? Okay. Yeah. I, I remember some of this, like wait until you're married, so-called education in high school. And by then I was already having sex anyway, and it wasn't good. And it wasn't in a good relationship. (laughs) Um, And luckily I learned enough about sex just because of my own interest. I just wanted it to get better for myself. So I started reading like erotica and watching porn and like watching behind the scenes of porn and reading books by people who made porn or had sex for money. And that was like of my own self interest because I really believe in what pleasure and touch and money can do for so many people, and what's done for me, I just want to make it better for more people and also yeah. better for me, yeah, so um, and navigating other people's shame has just been a part of that, so it's been pretty interesting because uh, I wasn't raised religiously at home at all, but I still see some of it in the culture, yeah, a lot of it in the culture. I mean, what does it say on our money and God we trust? yeah Oh,
1: absolutely. <laughs> Right. And again, like the historical context, like how long ago did that actually get put on our money? Like people think it's been there from the beginning. It hasn't. (laughs) Yeah, no. Was it like in the Um, 50s or something? Right. Yeah. Like in the last hundred years. So it's. It wasn't even foundational to America. Exactly. Exactly. Um, But much like Catholicism, like we, we pile traditions for certain reasons on top of each other and then call it an entire religion and say, if you're not doing all of these things, you don't count. And it's just historically inaccurate. Hmm.
0: Um, Interesting. So what are some things that people could do differently? Ways that Catholic people could contribute to a healthier culture? Because I know what you're doing. You're modeling a lot of that behavior. But what are some, can you think of some examples?
1: Um, Let's see. People raised in Catholicism contributing to a healthier culture. Um, Learn how your body works. Hmm. Learn what what feels good to you, um, I think a lot, especially because our culture is so focused on like education and reading and discourse and all these you know all these terms, um, I think one of the best things people can do is like quiet the noise down and just spend some time with yourself figuring out what you like in all aspects, not just sexual but like what what do your senses enjoy literally hmm. um, because when you're able to. to to have like those pleasure practices or have those those routines in your life that just feel good to you you are more settled Mm
0: -hmm. and
1: when you are more settled you're less likely to get triggered by whatever catholicism is trying to toss at you or anything else Mm -hmm. um the -hmm. world needs more people who who can settle in their bodies
0: Mm -hmm. in my opinion oh totally and it's really hard to it helps when you have supportive folks like you and me to point out things that are silly and don't make sense. Like, mm. like really, like, this came up. Um, I was following, or I am following Sex with Ashley is her name. Mm. And someone was asking her, what do you do when a man you're dating wants you to use, like, a certain toy with him? And Ashley was like, use the toy. Like, we complain about men not knowing what they want. You know, if someone knows what they like, like, use the toy. Don't worry about you know, like, is it normal? Is it right or wrong? Like if it feels good to both of you, then like go for it. I'm paraphrasing, but I thought that was great. And so like for some people, you know, there is, I see, I see women will engage in stuff that may or may not be preference, but I also see it as cultural conditioning where it's like, you know, maybe small dick shaming or sex toy shaming like why do they need a pocket pussy or something like that and it's like well if you use a vibrator there's nothing wrong with someone else having a masturbator Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. if you think that's less manly then examine what misogyny might look like coming out of a woman's mouth (laughs) like (laughs) yeah like like what does manly mean to you what does that expectation mean and how does that actually push on how people actually show up in ways that don't hurt people yeah yeah so that's how regular people can contribute to a healthier culture, so um, it's
1: not hard, it is hard, but it's not hard
0: yeah once <laughs> once we have examples, yeah, you said malleable earlier, yeah, we're all people are very malleable, and I think when you give us options, um and also, I don't know if you ever think about this. Have you ever needed to hear like three to five different arguments? in order to change your position on something like it might not take for sure. Right. Like it's not going to, right. And that's why I believe some people and I've seen that some people are teachable on things because maybe the first thing doesn't make sense to them, but maybe the other ones coming from different places. So that's again, why we have these big conversations. What other books or resources or websites do you recommend or have been helpful to you?
1: Um, let
0: me think. Or is she the one? <laughs>
1: well, here's, here's, here's the actual trajectory. Um, so Father Richard Rohr is a Catholic priest. He's a Franciscan. He um, works with the Center for Action and Contemplation in New Mexico. And I think a lot of people um, in my sphere are familiar with his work because he's one of the very first Catholic voices that many of us ever heard that like didn't have an automatic sex negative reaction really? to sexuality. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, and I know that it mattered for me, however many years ago I found him, that like that his voice was Catholic because it validated me as a person positioned within Catholicism myself. Hmm. Um, so the way I kind of described my own trajectory was like, I I was with his work for years. I get his daily meditations and the in the work of the entire center that he works with. Really? Um, but it's very ecumenical. And then at some point a couple years ago, what I really needed was like more explicit sex positivity. Um, and this is where Levon Briggs really, really came into play um, because she's a black woman living in New Orleans who um, I believe was raised Episcopalian, um, but she's like, she really took it to the next level for me. And so I think like finding the people who can affirm you where you are and understanding that your growth is, is not done. Like you, there will be more. Um mm-hmm. so for people who who are kind of dipping their toes in the water Richard Ward.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. nice.
1: Um for people who need the full on like here's how we do this, here's how we enjoy ourselves Levon Briggs.
0: Nice. Okay. okay. Thank you so much. Uh I have an interesting uh feedback just from one person. I asked them the question about um how do they relate to uh, sexuality and Catholicism and they said that Catholicism ironically has helped them heal um, the relationship to sexuality a lot they said I realized I view my sexuality as something very sacred and for me that means sex is something I really only want to do with someone I have a deep exclusive connection with otherwise it heightens my existential loneliness yeah uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah yeah um uh, learning the term demi demisexual is really helpful too.
0: for, mm-hmm, for sure. Uh, yeah. I I love that. Yeah, and how that might relate to Yeah, I've it's interesting I've heard um I have a friend who was justifying and there's no need to justify like their low amount of sexual partners. Cause I was like, Oh, I've fucked like 50 people, you know, at that point, (laughs) um, recreationally. And they were like, Oh, I've only done three because for me, like, I really want it to be special. And I was like, okay, (laughs) well, first of all, it was very special. Like most of those times. (laughs) Um, but also I'm just curious sometimes I'm like, Oh, we're getting along. Let's see what their body is like. You know, like we're all on board. And I know not everybody thinks like that and that's fine too. But, um, so it's interesting what intimacy can look like because to me, my amount of partners, like it multiplies and divides. Um, so but I also understand the concept of if I was still with the one person that I ever had sex with, that is a massive bond simply because you don't know otherwise. Yep. Um. So there's just, there's just a lot of wiggle room, you know, and, and there's no yeah. right or wrong. It's whatever feels exactly. best.
1: Yeah. And it's, it's what, it's what each person wants there. You're right. There is no justification needed. Like
0: mm-hmm. you do you, mm-hmm. they'll
1: do them. Like it's, It's literally fine.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and so later this person says, holy matrimony is so conceptually sexy to me, LMAO, they say. Mm,
1: (laughs) I love that for them.
0: That's really cute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, They said, I really enjoyed exploring the theology of the body. Uh, Maybe your guests will talk about that, but I don't know.
1: Mm. So theology of the body is a tricky one for people in my world because it was written, I believe, by it's it's a series of homilies that the Pope did in like the seventies or eighties. And as I understand it, I ha- I have not read it. The reason I have not read it is because I got it once. I read the first line. It was like, nope, I don't want to read this.
0: Really? <laughs> really? Oh yeah. Really? Um, because
1: it's because as I understand it, it was kind of like the patriarchy's response, and mm. specifically the Pope's response at this point would have been JP two, John Paul two, mm. to like the sexual revolution.
0: Oh. Um, and so
1: when you're a big old, multi millennia year patriarchy trying to t- trying to deal with some so societal change mm-hmm. what you do is you you try to talk their talk but you do it in patriarchal ways that reaffirm your validity mm. um, and it's just it did not do anything for me and i don't reach it that makes me feel gross
0: <laughs> Word. Um,
1: and i think i think more catholics could actually benefit from that mindset
0: <laughs> interesting so i'm wondering now, and it
1: may have worked for that person i don't know their context i'm
0: like yeah. i'm just saying
1: for me personally i couldn't touch it
0: Okay. That yeah. is very interesting to me. I'm wondering if there's any kind of, sometimes there's accidental victim blaming that happens with purity culture when I don't know if you've ever seen stuff like this, but it's like, you know, everyone you touch your body carries their energy or yes. whatever. And it's like, well, what if yes. I was molested? Like Oops. what? I carry yeah. that shit now? Like, yeah. no. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so, okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm glad I asked. That's really interesting. So I ask every guest this because we didn't really talk much about sex at all. And I mean, we did, but we didn't. Um, (laughs) Do you have any sex tips for our audience?
1: (laughs) I love that you just said, like, we didn't really talk about sex at all. Honestly, I I don't think I actually talk about sex that much on my page.
0: That'll keep you safer. Yeah,
1: I do. But I like for Catholics, we're still working through the mental baggage Mm. um and so my tips are really back to like pleasure practices back to setting boundaries around like the catholic world that you're consuming Mm -hmm. um creating space for yourself to just feel good in your body Mm -hmm. um and do so consensually with other people Mm -hmm.
0: Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 no, that's true. I mean, it's really funny. I have, um, sex work clients sometimes that like, I get it. I'm, I'm in an entertainment realm where we're having this conversation. So they're like, what do you do for fun? And I'm like, oh, I make a podcast about sex ed. And they're like, (laughs) oh, can I listen to it sometime? And I'm like, yeah, we'll see. you..." (laughs) You know, and then they get here and they're like, oh, my God, she's political.
1: <laughs> she's serious. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. I <laughs> not had... to say not you...
1: yeah. I that.
0: Yeah. No, it's um, it's funny. I've had um, – it's interesting how religion or spirituality will come up with my coworkers. And I just – I mean, I like you, also, you live in the world. Um, we live in a society <laughs> where – I mean, people learn a lot of stuff. They're into tarot. They're into – jesus they're into i don't know other stuff Tantra
1: is a big one that i see Tantra. conversation around yeah. okay
0: um that's what i see the most of probably i see the most of tarot probably okay tarot some you know like numerology astrology stuff yeah um and it's like ritual is so important to people it is yeah and it can do so many things for us set a mood bring you up Ground you, you know, give you opportunity to reflect or plan or find gratitude. Right? I want to write a strippers prayer sometime. <laughs> really? yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um. So wait, but we didn't really. So any last sex tips for our audience? <sighs>
1: I mean, now that you've mentioned rituals.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
1: Catholics love a ritual.
0: Right. Let's go Um, there. What do you think?
1: I mean, make the ritual, like do what you want and make it a ritual. Make doing what you want the ritual.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: That's it. Mm -hmm. It's it's not hard. It is hard, but it's not hard. (laughs) I like that. It's a mindset. Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) It takes practice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Oh, have you seen any of my, okay. So I know that no person is a monolith for anything, but I need to get someone from the Catholic side to hear me out on this one. Okay. So every, (laughs) every Sunday for the last like eight years, I post a Jesus meme or three of them, depending on which platforms I'm using, um, every Sunday. And it started out as a way to either provide collective like catharsis for people who were tired of hypocrisy in the name of you know whatever god um or just poke fun or just kind of shit post but what do you think of my sunday reposts or my jesus memes? Oh, i love it okay. i love it thank you
1: um i think it's i think it's healthy okay because i'm an
0: people, atheist like, so i'm not trying yeah. to appropriate i'm very clear no. about yeah right i right. think
1: no it's 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 satire
0: okay right? yeah i mean funny? pretty much like i'm making memes where jesus is telling you how to tip the strippers better like it's wonderful thank you i think here's and here's my argument also i'm like okay i'm going on the defense about this one because i'm not trying to be like a cringe lord i swear to god I'm, <laughs> um like i know it happens sometimes but usually there's like a reason or a purpose behind what i'm doing and for this it's like if god or whoever is watching or out there like i feel like they have bigger problems than like oh Elle's doing jesus meme sunday
1: oh my god yeah right absolutely
0: yeah okay so thank you no i just I can one just, in my corner uh, yes
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i don't know if you're familiar with like dr eric sprenkel yeah like this stuff. yeah he, like yeah. absolutely you're doing it's
0: great he was the um satanism and sexuality episode on this podcast for folks that was one of the most popular ones we've ever done so folks check it out (laughs) if you haven't already listen to it right after this episode yeah yeah Yeah. okay everybody so uh find sister shannon on instagram if you can at sister.shannon or at its sister shannon And find me, lstanger.com. Thank you for listening to the sexuality and Catholicism episode. Throw us a good rating or review on your listening platform. Until next time.